1: With a sham, with a sham, with a sham, with a shins. When
2: the crowd gets busted When the floor gets dusted When your plate gets busted With a sham, with a sham When your room smells funny When the hex takes your money What's gonna save you honey just with a sham? And now you're all magicians
1: With a chance, with a chance, with a, shins, with a shins.
2: When the crowd gets busted When the floor gets dusty When your plate gets busted With a chance, with a chance When your room smells funny When a hash takes your money What's gonna save you? honey just with a chance? Yeah.
3: radio. Wittershins. I think uh, we heard some misfits back there before that, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, taking us all the way back to the Wittershins theme song by the
4: Derek Halmore Orchestra. A.K.A. Manwich. Manwich
3: 3 on TikTok. Ah, we are, we're, we're ending the tail end that we know of, of the, uh, the Witchcon presenters marathon. We're For now, we still have a few days we left. We still a few days, and you know, never mm-hmm. know who's going to pop up. We just got another new one mm-hmm. uh, today, and uh, uh, we're running out of time. I think K- like a Carrie's going to
4: try and reschedule, yep, hopefully. And
3: Carrie uh, couldn't make it, uh, was it Wednesday? Yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. Which what was what day? Saturday. Remember. Saturday. <laughs> I, I lost track of the day. <laughs> uh-huh. Radio fear spiritual side. Twisted approach to the left hand path. All the paths in between. And tonight we've got Christine Stevens, uh, who I don't think we got to see the entire time that we lived here. And then I now know. She moved
4: away. You were one of the first person, <laughs> the, one of the you first don't have people. Mic on yet. Oh. <laughs> You were one of the first people we met when we first flew into New Orleans, and I, we kept meaning to see you, and it just hasn't happened.
1: And yeah,
5: there was this little thing called a pandemic. Yes. It kind, yeah, yes.
3: kind of got
1: yes. in the way of visiting. So,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. So Christina is an Alexandrian witch and high priestess of the New Orleans Coven. She lives in the historically magical neighborhood of Old Algiers, at least Algiers. when, they, when they wrote this. Um, the only part of New Orleans uh, on the other side of the Mississippi River. will huh. right, Well, that's, that's a place that's, we haven't been to. That's the
4: one where you have to take the ferry. Yeah, another place we haven't been. The dog That's exactly ferry. it. So,
5: yeah, you'd have to go down to the ferry landing, and it only takes about five minutes to go across the Mississippi, and it's a, one of the best ways to see the city. Yeah, and, and well, our, our yeah, main well,
4: thing is we have to take our needy dogs everywhere we go. And so I found out you could bring dogs. So we were we were totally on board to do that any day now. And then COVID just kept going up and down and up and down and up and down. And here we are.
3: So exactly. Christine grew up with magical heritage of her Sicilian and Irish family. Gravitated towards magical path in early age. Let's see, Sicilian and Irish. She's probably kind of vengeful. Huh? You probably wouldn't mess with me. I have I, relatives
5: I, yeah. on both sides that like to have a cocktail and blow things up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: well, merry meet again. Um, yes. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. See you're teaching practical priestess mm-hmm. Well, well, no. Mm-hmm.
4: First of all, can you tell That's us cool. a little bit about your ahead. practice and and how you got involved with uh, the New Orleans Coven and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, like most people, there is a
5: huge journey that gets you t- to where you need to be. You know, mm-hmm. there's a couple of missteps. There's some, a couple of exciting things. And Mine was no different. Yeah. Um, realistically, I'm one of those people who always just kind of knew stuff. And, you know, the Irish side of my family absolutely understood this. And, you know, the other side of my family was like, yeah, we don't talk about things like that. Yeah. Um, so I had a little bit of experience, you know, the home cures and the folk magic spells and things like that, you know, the malo Um But I really didn't get a chance to explore past my family until I was a teenager.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And once I became a teenager, you know, you get out a little bit more, you have your own way of getting around without your parents, taking a look at every single thing you're doing. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. explored what I could at that time. So, you know, mm-hmm. not to date myself, but I was a teenager in the 80s. So what you would find was... (laughs) Exactly, I think we're all about the same age. And, you know, it it was Uncle Bucky's big uh, blue book, and it was, you know, Madame Blavatsky, and it was, you Mm. know, some really basic stuff that your average library would have and your occult shops. You didn't have the the massive amount of practitioners that we have now from many Mm -hmm. different paths writing and making these writings easily accessible. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I read everything I could get my hands on. Um, I moved to the U.K. Um, in the mid-'80s, and that gave me an opportunity to experience a little bit of what you would call British traditional witchcraft. Now, over there, people are not nearly as open. and You know, everything's very, you know, pretty mm. secretive. At least it was in the 80s. I'm sure mm-hmm. now that it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually been lucky enough to visit with some British practitioners. But mm-hmm. at that point in time, you know, you had to know somebody who knew somebody who maybe had a shock. I need to start those conversations, and in that yeah. manner, over you know, a couple of years, I got a little bit of exposure, and it was great. And the ideas behind it resonated with me, but it just didn't click. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was close, but no. Far. So you know, came back to the United States, and um, was just a solitary practitioner still. You know, just getting everything I could to read and to practice and decide what. Fit within my magical world, and what didn't. But at this point in time, coven life really wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had met a couple of, you know, covens—not Alexandria covens—and um, they were very, very wonderful people and very warm and welcoming. But it wasn't something that I said, "Yes, this is what I want. This is what I need." And the funny thing is, I didn't meet Brian um, first. I met Christian first.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
5: So, you know, talk back yeah. to about Me too. 10, 10
1: years
5: ago, <laughs> and uh, Christian was looking for a house, and I was living in Algiers Point at the time, and he was looking at one of the houses that I had looked at, and we started a conversation, and we talked about title companies, mm-hmm. and that was, hey, let's grab it.
2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and
5: conditions apply. See website for details. Drink of coffee. So we did that and that's how I met Brian. Huh. And we shared a couple of different anecdotes over the years of how that went.
1: <laughs> um,
5: it, it was really nice to meet them face to face. And mm-hmm. a little bit later on, I reached out to Brian and I said, hey, you know, let, let's, let's go to coffee. I'd love to talk to just you. Mm hmm.
3: Yeah, I haven't really spent much time with Brian at all. Um, I think we've been in the same room like three
1: times.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it's usually Christian and Brian, or um, you're know, you doing something like Hexfetch or Witchcon with just Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I really wanted to talk to Brian and find out what his deal was. I mean, Mm -hmm. I kind of knew a little bit about the background because he he shared that over um, drinks. But I was Mm -hmm. like, I'd like to learn more about this. And he was having a little bit of a soiree where he was getting a couple of folks together and he invited me. And mm-hmm. I said, okay. And it was nice and, you know, we, we talked and there were just a few of us at that point in time.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And Carrie was actually one of them,
4: which was great. Um, I'm sorry, who was actually one of them? Carrie.
3: Carrie, who was supposed to be on last Oh, day. Carrie.
4: Oh, I'm sorry, I thought yes. you said Jerry. <laughs> okay. Uh,
5: yeah. No, I don't know any Jerry's, but
4: yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> Me neither. I think when we were looking for guests, you know, several people. I, I was just scrolling through, and if it said New Orleans, and we immediately invited them, and then it turned out, you know, a, more than a handful of them were all coven members from the same coven. So, a few to of to your come come coven come members now.
5: Well, <laughs> yes, because that's probably something we're going to get into in this conversation: is what is, is it like to have a coven of? You know, people who are all over the internet and who are, you know, working in the shops or professional readers or professional authors, and there's a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I finally got to where I was with Brian, and I had a wonderful time, mm-hmm. and I absolutely clicked with the people that were there. Mm-hmm. But it took me a long time to actually ask, yeah. you know, the all important question because me, it was, okay, I've been a solitary practitioner for X amount of time. My background is more, you know, herbcraft craft and um, mm-hmm. scrying. It's like that. It's not, you know, Enochian magic or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, wow, what, what am I really going to bring to the table with this, you know, this very learned high priest? And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he and I talked and talked and talked. And finally, um, I just couldn't imagine not doing it so i said you know i asked brian you know will you initiate me he said of course i will
7: Aww. which was nice
5: because yeah. I, I didn't know that he was just sitting there waiting for me to ask which was a good feeling that me- meant yeah he and i clicked up also so it was really great yeah and the rest that they say is history so <laughs> at, the, at the beginning it was really just you know carrie and brian and i practicing and things grew over time oh it started out with the three of you yes okay it started out with, with the three of us, and um, we just mm-hmm. kind of moved from there. Um, and then, you know, as you mentioned, and several of the people who have either been on the show or are about to be on the show um, are also Coven members also.
4: Mm-hmm. We tried to get more. And what Levi. I learned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long ago did this um, start? Like with wow. you, Carrie, and Brian? I want to say five years
5: ago. Okay. Yeah, so I had I'd already been in New Orleans for a little while um, before I officially met Brian Christian because at that point in time Christian wasn't living here full time. Mm-hmm. It's when they were looking to move down here.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, said yeah. that. So um, yeah, because it was I shop just, just wonder how it works in your system. So you, you were the high priestess, or you're the high priestess, and now now you moved. So how does that how does that work? You've got to come back for certain so things, or that's, somebody that's, else doing it.
5: Well, that's the thing because. Um, I will, much like, you know, if, you know, Val comes to visit or, you know, Maxine Sanders, you know, comes to visit or somebody comes to visit. If uh, Sandra comes to visit, Sandra and Kevin, all Mm. of these people, you know, they visit the coven and they're still, you know, welcome to circle with us because they are Alexandrians. But at the same time, um, it's not the same. So when I needed to move, which just happened a few days ago, um, I'm no longer the high priestess of that particular coven. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. the opportunity to start my own find my own um, mm-hmm. initiative and yeah. you know people that's that totally the only way it was in yeah. our traditions
3: like every coven had to be separated is by it? a league which is roughly 50 miles you found yourself where there were you know where there was no coven and you, you were of that rank it was your job to start one so Yeah, that's old school <laughs> and, and that, that's,
5: so that five years I think I had an opportunity to learn mm-hmm. to grow mm-hmm. I, mean, I have to say that I was was very blessed in the fact that my high priest was probably one of the most knowledgeable people you know in the united states regarding Mm -hmm. alexandrian witchcraft and i was just so thankful to be able to learn from him Mm -hmm. and to be able to take that learning now and to you know start my own group in a part of the country that i can't imagine they have an awful lot of exposure to british traditional
4: witchcraft or alexandrian witchcraft. i was going to ask you i mean i wasn't going to talk about where you're moving but um yeah, what, what's, what's the out uh, there, yeah. <laughs> general scene there like, <laughs> for lack of a better word? Uh, a really
1: cool house. Well, I'm kind of in
5: the middle of the bu- buckle of the Bible Belt. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I'm close to two big cities, so I'm not too far away from Cleveland. I'm not too far away from Pittsburgh. I mean, everything is pretty drivable. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sitting in a metropolis. I'm sitting in a fairly rural area. I'm not in farm country, but it would only take me about 10 minutes to be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't imagine that there's a whole lot of folks that are, you know, are growing corn and soybeans and secretly witching, wishing to practice Alexandrian witchcraft. But I guess we're going to find out, right?
4: Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're Maybe everywhere. that's your special purpose. Well, when a priestess
3: arrives, <laughs> it's, it's like a magnet. Yeah. They, they, they show Yeah. When it's time to do it, it, you it know, is it's like time a beacon. to do it. Yeah, so I would agree I,
5: because say when the, the student is ready the teacher will, will appear? Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm here. Yeah, it yep. was kind
3: of a variation of where, what it's drawing off of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't really know much about Alexandrian uh, at all. I know Gardnerian pretty well. I don't know if Ferrarians actually a word, but you know the Ferrars and, the, and Buckland, of course. Um, what, what would you say are the differences between those that we, we know of and, and which you all practice?
5: Well, so there's a lot of differences that I can't speak about, obviously.
3: Well, yeah, not yeah. the secret ones. <laughs> Maybe yeah, after a couple of
1: years.
5: <laughs> yeah, I would just say that they are very different flavors, of, especially when you say Gardenarian and um, Alexandrian. They are cut from the same cloth, but perhaps a different pattern. So there there are many things that we do that are similar. So if you were a
1: Gardenarian,
5: mm-hmm. and, you know, you sat down and you compared notes and you compared books, not that that would actually happen, but if you did, Mm -hmm. you'd find similarities. similarities. You'd also find a lot of differences. So yeah, that's one of those ones that I'm going to dance around because there are um, lots of books that are written about this particular thing, and what you'll also see is there's no clear-cut answers in that space either. (coughs) There are things that, by asking certain questions, we absolutely know if somebody says they're Alexandrian, whether they truly are or not. Mm -hmm. and and it's it's a decipher and I'm guessing within your path you've also got those secrets and those tells so that if somebody said hey, I learned, I studied you'd ask them a couple of very important questions and by those simple questions you'd know whether they were telling the truth or not
3: Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) absolutely and and that's really
5: funny because there's so many flavors of witchcraft today mm -hmm. that people are like well I read a book on this subject
7: and I mm-hmm. dedicated
5: myself to this god, and that po- therefore it makes me this type of witch. Mm-hmm. And I think in some areas that's, that's probably an appropriate statement, but I can definitely tell you that's not how it would go down as an Alexandri- Alexandrian priest and witch because mm-hmm. we initiate people. And yep. there are things you have to do in order to move through, you know, initiations, that type of thing. And then once again, probably very similar in your world. Mm-hmm.
3: So uh, let's see. A Gardnerian uh, uh, high priestess would be third degree. Same in your system. I am a third degree. Yes. Okay. See ours. That it's it would be fourth degree. Uh, second. It's ours. It's an initiate, teacher, priestess, high priestess. So like that. most a, a most systems a, tend to yeah, be that. Third. could
5: potentially be. Um, high priestess of, uh, you know, a smaller group with some oversight um, at second degree because, you know, there are, are folks that, out there um, I know that have done their second and third separately. Mm. Um, I Typically we don't, but yeah, so technically you could have a second degree that says, I am a high priestess and they could be.
3: Yeah. Well, there's always been that confusion. I, I think it was in Gardnerian that you were... Um, uh, after initiation, you could be an <clears throat> acting priestess with regard to the rituals and to the kids on the internet that has translated to, you know, you're suddenly a priestess or a high priestess after a year and a day, uh, because they heard that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I've been on I, I, TikTok for a while.
5: The day is for hand testing, And it might be a general rule on how long it might take you to do things, but everybody has their own path and their own timeline. Some people can sit down and dedicate things full-time, and they're going to do really well. I I would hope that they wouldn't rush through something as important as the teaching, because much like any Book of Shadows, we have a bunch of stuff there that most of what you learn is by asking questions and by understanding in what order, what's missing, what's there that's not quite correct, all those different things that that's what makes it a little bit safer with us because people are like, oh, the Alexandrian Book of Shadows or the *Gardenerian Book of Shadows or whoever, it's out on the internet. I don't Mm. need to get initiated. And it's like, yes, yes you do. And there's a couple of key reasons for that. Number one, that initiation and that coming together as a community and to practice with other initiates, I think that gives you something that you cannot do by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, it's also because What we learn is very, at least what's written down, is very standardized, and the way that we teach it is pretty much the same. Now, every coven is autonomous, which means while Brian and I ran the coven, there could be things that we said we as a coven are going to do, Um, and it may be based off of Alexandrian craft, or we may say we want to bring this ritual into our world. It's not exactly craft, but it's something, you know, for Sabbath, maybe we want to do something beautiful and different in our teaching yeah. we say specifically this is not craft so people understand the difference between these are the things that every Alexandrian is going to know so these may be things that are specific just to our coven
3: yeah well I, I think uh, that that sounds similar to a lot of traditions like a coven is like its own world it's like its own state um, our, ours our tradition is a little different like we in ours a priest and priestess lead a coven a high priest and, and high priestess uh, Lead a region, um, so we don't we don't necessarily have a coven, but we have these these coven's. And um, uh, w- with regard to Autonomous, we we had a coven one time of uh, uh, biker Trump supporters yeah. that uh, that were worshiping um, uh, was Hecate and her consort Lucifer, Lucifer. as yeah, and it's just like uh, i they didn't learn that from us <laughs> yeah, and it's just like but, but there's the autonomy thing, so I'm just like okay. <laughs> yes. See, and that's
5: probably a key difference here because, in order to call yourself an Alexandrian initiate, you've got key things that you do. There is our God and our Goddess. Mm-hmm. Now, not to say you know, much like every other, you you can work with other gods. We've always said if it works, use it. I can't imagine what they were doing was going to be very successful, but yeah. you know, to each their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, you, I don't think you would ever see, you'd walk in... No, I can guarantee you, you would never see walking into an Alexandrian circle, which you'd have to be Alexandrian, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. to actually walk into a circle. We don't share with non-initiates um, what was going on, and you would never see Hecate and Lucifer or... Maybe a little too much autonomy it, at times, brain, but... <laughs> It almost made my brain
4: explode because you said biker, Trump supporter. I know. I, Wait, know. I, know. <laughs> I know.
3: Well, well, but but, but, but he, he, no, was, he
4: was Mike an Michael anomaly. Was yeah. yeah.
3: But but they gravitated uh, towards uh, yeah. each <laughs> other. So it's like there's there's somebody for everybody, <laughs> you know. And but, but in our uh, well between you and us and you know the rest of the world uh, <laughs> when, when, when somebody comes to us for a charter, that's like. That's like your walking papers, like if unless you really do something really horrible, we don't really have to be involved with your stuff ever again. So uh, I was happy when they asked for a charter. Just to, because of that, that. So is there a certain up. amount of
5: oversight after that or no? Once they have their charter, it's go forth and do a, do as you will.
3: Mostly unless it's really, 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 really serious. But, I mean, I mean but, we still kept in we, touch with them. Well, for a while. But they
4: kinda of oh, did okay. their own thing. Yeah. I mean, in in hindsight, if I could do it all over again, I would have <laughs> done things differently. Um, <coughs> but um, yeah. just learn as you go along, I guess. But it was just That's you know was just that was to
3: illustrate the level of autonomy. Yeah,
4: uh, it was like yeah, we were yeah.
3: absolutely opposed to all of that, and you know, the mixing of pantheons and the, the Hecate having to have a consort. It's like I I don't know of a Hecate I consort. Fer- I
4: forgot uh, whose book is that based on.
3: Oh, somebody on the internet,
4: Paul. I, I don't
3: know, it's like some book they like spend like $300 on. Yeah. Uh, you can somebody only get wrote on the a internet, book about uh, ever published like Lucifer. I, I forget was what
4: it is.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
7: In line at the deli, I guess? ha! in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: I never win and tell.
7: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, oh, I've
1: goodness.
3: blocked it out because it's such a ridiculous time. But, yeah. but back to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: you were saying.
5: So, yeah, I would say that it sounds like there are similarities and differences. Like, okay, oh, you fine with any initiatory tradition, there are things that are going to be the same and universal truths, and there are going to be things that are drastically different. And I think that's okay, because if everything was the same, why have different traditions, right?
1: Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it has to resonate
5: with you asking. Yeah, for me what really clicked with the Alexandrian tradition was Mm -hmm. the fact that I had the ritual, which you have in any tradition, but it also had this level of, I'm not even sure how to describe it. I would use the word passion Mm -hmm. because it was like the power of the ritual and the involvement of each and every initiate participating in that circle was something that was palpable. It was something that was really tangible for me. And that made all the difference in the world from anything else that I had been exposed to.
3: Well, see. And that's hard for anybody to understand unless they're there. You know, there's just there's an energy present when you're present <laughs> and these things are going on. Um, yeah, absolutely.
5: Exactly. If I was going to be, you know, arrogant, which I tend not to be, I'd have liked to think that I was being cheeky in my answer, but... The two things that I would say um, that I hear of that you can tell at Alexandria and Witch, number one, is the the power. Mm-hmm. Christian, you've heard Christian say it before. The energy that you feel coming off of an, an Alexandrian, Witch is different than what you'd feel from other practitioners of other, tra- other traditions. Um, mm-hmm. The other one is, um, and I've heard this and I would have tend to agree, is the level of incense that we use is fantastic. I know that you know my made mate Levi would use the word egregious, but yes, it is it is awesome. It really puts you into the headspace that allows for that energy and that power to do what it needs to do.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I had a I was wondering about something. How long does it generally take from the time you? Um, I don't know. I don't know when it starts. Like. I know you say you don't circle with non-initiates. So how do you um, go about bringing new people into the coven? I mean, I'm I'm not saying it happens often, but um, like, how did you get your other members? Well, that's what's funny
5: because it's very much like I wound up being a member of the coven. And it's not something that's unique to our specific coven. It's an Alexandrian tradition that was started by Maxine and Alex. And it's the idea of the soiree. So a soiree is a
4: gathering of seekers, people who are interested in Alexandrian craft. Okay, so that's what you were talking about with what Brian invited you to, right? Yes, the difference was at that time it was just me. Okay. Um, And
5: that was invited, it wasn't like you invited a whole bunch of people, so it was me and Carrie and one other person and Brian, and so it was a very small group.
1: Mm
5: -hmm. Um, And that was more of a soiree that they could have it at the house because it was very, very small. Typically a soiree would be held. We have ours at Potion in uh, the French Quarter, mm-hmm. and we, yeah. we've had a couple of soirees. And it allows people that are interested in craft to meet the coven members, and mm-hmm. you know, in a non-threatening place, mm-hmm. to ask questions. We usually give a talk of some type on you know basic principles, that type of thing. Um, sometimes we have guest speakers. When um, we had a great friend and mentor and um, high High Priestess herself, um, Val Hughes came in. I mean, she, uh, Brian and I have learned so much from Val. She came mm-hmm. into town to do Hexas, and she gave a little... Editable. The other ones Brian and I have handled, but it gives that anybody who wants, wants to attend
1: mm-hmm. the
5: opportunity to... Um, we tend to vet people just a little bit by you know, having a quick conversation before right. we send out the invite and password right. to make sure <coughs> what their mm-hmm. uh, mindset is, um, so they understand what goes on on a soiree, that type of thing. And at that point in time, we give them a password that'll allow them to get into um, the soiree, and they can enter. Some people mm-hmm. go to one, and they know immediately. Some people have decided before they show up. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that when they attend, one of two things happens: that I either reinforces what they thought, or it at least allows them to take a step back and go, "Okay, maybe I didn't know as much about this as I thought, and I might want to think about this a little
1: longer." Mm-hmm.
5: So mm-hmm. some people go to two or three soirees. We tried to have them once a quarter.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: So we'd have three or four a year. It wasn't mm-hmm. something we would do monthly. Mm-hmm. I, and, I online no, this
3: year. Okay. Like on Facebook or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. On yeah. Brian's page. Aside. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. It, it, that actually worked pretty well. It was pretty interesting. Um, I was unsure how that was going to go, but I, we really had a good time, time with mm-hmm. it. So after the soiree, you know, you usually will have a couple of people that are potential Mm
1: -hmm. and you'll
5: continue to have conversations with them. You know, you say, you know, here's my contact information. Feel free to reach out, you know, if you have any questions or anything else. Mm -hmm. One of the key things in um, Alexandrian craft is everything has to be asked for. Mm -hmm. So we would never, ever say, hey, I think you'd be a perfect fit. Do you want to join our coven? Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Uh Never do that. So, you know, there have been a couple where we had to finally explain that, you know,
4: everything must be asked for and we've said it two or three or maybe five times and finally they're like oh, will you initiate and now they're offended because they didn't get asked
3: well, I think we have stuff like that where at certain levels you have to ask a certain amount of times yeah. and have been ignored <laughs> but yeah.
5: yes I would have to say that Val has done that to me a, a couple of times where you know I'm supposed to be doing something really important and I'll knock on the door to come into the house, and she's like, yes, can I help you? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even at my level, I still get flustered. I'm like, wait, what? Um, and she just looks at me, and I'm like, and then I, you know, I ask, you know, can I come in? <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm like, oh, of course you can. So, yeah. There's, yeah. there's a little bit of stuff that goes on, too. But it's nice, because that was a tradition, because from what I've heard from Alexandrians, you know, that are much more advanced in the craft than I am it was even harder for them to find people to talk to.
1: And,
5: on the door, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. You'll close the door. And it was to find out their level of intent and dedication to what they were there for. And maybe yeah. they'd stand there for 10 minutes and maybe they'd stand there for an hour, but eventually they'd probably do one of two things. Either walk away and rethink it or they'd knock on the door again and and At that point in time, you know, maybe they did it again, or maybe they let them in the door.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did that in Fight Club.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now,
5: there's an analogy you don't hear every day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Alex Wow. I can't wait. Yeah, I
5: was getting a bit of a hum. Did you hear that?
3: Close. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm switching. Bikes. All right, all right, we're on the house mic. Whatever so it was. Oh. So now we got to lean forward. We we uh we lost a microphone during our uh, marathon, and we've been reduced to to my lapel mic, which I, I stick on my shoulder, and I just kind of lean towards Marta, and she like she leans in when it's time to talk. Uh, but now we're on the we're on the laptop it's mic easy. now. But there was oh. yeah, there was some sort of. No, yeah, that's uh,
4: almost romantic. So yeah. How did we lose that mic? Uh,
3: when did we lose dogs? That mic? Oh, they like yanked it. It, it fell. Yeah. <laughs> dogs. Yeah, the they good. thought it was
1: the boy? No.
3: But I, you know, we need to get some new stuff anyway. So mm. they just helped
4: us out, is all. Yeah, they're trying to there tell us go. that we need to up our game.
3: Up our game. Like we don't even have head, pr- headphones. Well, we get sometimes we get an echo from from Skype. And, uh, but one time we used headphones, and even though it makes no sense, the echo was worse with headphones.
5: That's funny, because I'm wearing headphones right now, and a yeah. boom mic, but mine are wireless,
3: so, yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, we were watching uh, we were watching Christian Day's show the other day, and we put it, uh, it was on YouTube, and it, they, they give you the mm-hmm. option to, like, put it on your TV. So we put it on the big screen TV, and he's got mm-hmm. one of those one of those circular lights that goes around the camera and it, we could see it in his eyes and it, when he looked into when he looked into the camera he looked like a robot or something <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, actually no. t- I actually
5: do have one of those I used it for um Fest virtual last year and yeah. it worked really well because lighting can be weird and it's unpredictable totally. um, so to have some constant lighting is nice but I absolutely know what you're talking about it either lights up your eyes and you can see everything that's on their table and everything else or it just makes <laughs> you look demented.
3: yeah there's that too <laughs> there's that too uh, we were doing i was doing a live one time and, and um, somebody could see something marta was doing reflected in my glasses because they were watching it on their big screen
4: oh yeah well, i, I don't know what that was. Oh, well, it was, if know,
3: something just, perverted i, as I recall but. yeah this is a family show
1: yeah. we have like a,
4: a rooftop terrace and, and nobody could see us so I, I probably like had my shirt off or something so.
3: yeah. yeah if you're on a rooftop
4: still, terrace I thought you are right.
3: Marta keeps leaning over and talking into my shoulder oh but yeah, oh, my yeah. Mike's over here it's now a, it's
5: just a habit. <laughs> I told you I, wish, I almost wish I could do this because it sounds very cute and very cuddly <laughs> not yeah. words that you probably hear very often
3: we are thinking of a, a, a video option, upping our game. But, yeah, we gotta get got to get, get a light like that and uh, some headphones a mixing board. And, ah, projects, projects.
5: Talk to Christian. He'll hook you up.
3: So let's see. I, where did my page go? Practical priesthood, keeping the magic in a mundane world, uh, Christine's Yeah, how about if I tell Saturday, you why March I decided
5: 6th. that one instead of what I typically do? Because mm-hmm. I'm not sure you've been to the last couple of Hex fests. I know you've been to at least a couple because I've run into you and Marta before. Um, yeah, when well you were, you know, you were
3: like coordinating it like the the first time I the, well the first in person Hex Fest I've been to. <laughs> mm-hmm. You you got us on the uh, on the bus to the the riverboat and everything. So I got it. I didn't know what to do. The shuttle. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. shuttle. Yes, shuttle is important unless you want to try and you know lift it or uber it so yes that was very good and it was great to finally meet you in person both of you even though i yeah. haven't been
4: over to your house yet at least i know what you look like and i've talked to you face <laughs> to face yeah. and no i kept um, meaning to we were have you and then everything just kept going up and down
3: oh we we're gonna have a housewarming party oh yeah so we had plans.
4: big plans <laughs> yep you know what you've moved to new orleans which is an incredibly
5: magical city i, mean, I will never feel the deep and strong power of another city like that. I mean, every city city has its own energy, but that city, wow. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
5: everything that they say about it, and then some, is all yeah. I can tell you.
4: And I'm sure you're starting to explore that yourself.
5: Yeah. Um. But yeah, for you to move, I was,
4: move in I was the definitely going to count on you energy. for like the the 411 of all the cool places to go. Like we still we haven't been to Algiers or. I mean, really anything, like, besides our neighborhood and uh, where Christian is and the French Quarter. And, you know, that's about it. I have a complete multi-page itinerary Yeah.
5: because, you know, when you live in New Orleans, everybody and their little sister goes, hey, I'm coming to New Orleans. What should I do? What should I eat? Where should I stay? What do I want to buy? I have a massive file. It's oh a, good here's the coolest place See, I, have, I knew you i knew be. i was here's asking the right person here.
4: yeah <laughs> so hopefully you can come back and and visit like you know a couple times a year or something
5: oh i'm absolutely planning i'm gonna be back in april i mean i'm going to be back in you know like six weeks so okay and after and after that depending on what goes on um mm-hmm. i'm planning for hex fest mm-hmm. i'm planning for halloween so, yeah, definitely as many times as I can get back there. You know, I've got enough friends, and, of course, New Orleans has fabulous hotels. Mm-hmm. It won't be a problem at all.
3: Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, we, um, the Hex Fest that we made it to, I don't think we saw anybody's workshops. No. Spent most of our time at I mean, potions. It, it, it's our
4: <laughs> first and only weekend in New Orleans, so we just... You know, didn't make it to the 9.30 workshops. <laughs>
3: didn't have the kid, didn't have the dog.
4: Yeah, definitely yeah. a vacation. That is the challenge.
5: Yeah, usually the Saturday first thing in the morning workshops, mm-hmm. and the Sunday first thing in the morning workshops mm-hmm. are the hardest, because you've either been out on the about ritual the night before, which is wonderful. It's one of the things that I hope we always, always do when we have HexFest, because it's just so beautiful and so magical and for you to mm-hmm. get that perspective of the city yeah. and the energy and why the water is so important it's just perfect
3: mm-hmm. so we got a um, question in the but chat yes, room for morning you, you, you
5: and, and Saturday we usually have the dragon ritual drummers yeah. so yeah. everybody's dancing and partying and having a wonderful time which means also the 9 o'clock and maybe the 10 o'clock classes um, it's a little bit tougher but right. what I can tell you is I've actually had one of those early morning um, workshops, And I was glad of it because when you're talking to a room full of, you know, 50, 60 people,
4: mm-hmm. it's
5: difficult to have any type of one-on-one interaction with the folks.
4: Yeah. yeah. But when you
5: have a class that's, you know, maybe 15 or 18 people, it's yeah. really great. And the interactivity of the room
4: uh-huh.
5: is, is different, but in some ways better.
4: Right.
3: Because mm-hmm. yeah, they're
4: like so, really dedicated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: we got a question exactly. for you in the chat room here. Uh, Jean- of the river
5: is? Uh, The favorite way to work with the spirit of the river. There's a lot, it depends on your practice, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you, think about all the rivers through history that were so important to magical people. I mean, if you think about the Nile River, that immediately comes to mind. And if you are in Ireland, you're probably thinking about the Shannon River. Mm -hmm. Well, the river in New Orleans is absolutely no different. Um, there's an energy. There's, it's just unbelievable. And to me, having river water, first of all, is like one of the best, most successful things because this is not salt water. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, fresh yeah. water. And this river runs fast. And to me, if I'm doing spell work and I need that message to go far and wide, mm-hmm. chances are I'm going to use that river to send that energy and that, that spell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really nice in Out Point because I actually have a small area that's the size of a small beach.
1: Mm -hmm. And although
5: you can't really light a big bonfire down there because, you know, the the local Mm -hmm. police tend to frown on things like that, Mm -hmm. um, you definitely can bring a cauldron and you can be down by the water and you can harness the energy of that water in your spell work. You can take everything that you've crafted, you can toss it along the water Mm -hmm. um, to carry that message for you because once again, like I said, not not only does that water run deep, but it runs far and fast. Um, yeah. In New Orleans, people have used the water for you know carrying messages and spells for many, many years. Where I mm-hmm. live, it's historically significant for magic because that was the area of the hoodoo practitioners.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: If you wanted hoodoo work done, you went to Algiers Point
1: mm-hmm.
5: because over in that area, that was a staging area for either the... Service industry workers, meaning the people that are working in the big houses on St. Charles and everything else,
1: mm-hmm.
5: when they came over off the boat, and it were also any of the um, slave labor that might be working a little bit farther down. Algiers Point was a staging area for those folks for a certain amount of time, and that also brought that energy and those practices to that area. Now mm-hmm. the um, makeup of Algiers Point has changed significant over the years, but Algiers itself has mm-hmm. kept. Those traditions and those practices. Um, there are Hoodoo practitioners, but they're not places like you'd find in the quarter where you're going to find an actual shop where you can walk in and buy things. It's more of still like the old school where you had to know somebody who does this work for you.
4: Mm-hmm. That is- well, I, I definitely felt the power of the river. You know, I, I'm from California, I grew up in California. I always you know look to the ocean and I always thought that you know that's the body of water that I have to move to or you know always be close to um, but then we came to New Orleans and I, I was really taken by the energy and the power of the river and this was actually the easiest move we've ever made also the furthest like, like yeah. both of us have only lived in California and this was definitely a far move but everything just kind of fell into place and I, I kind of felt like the energy of the river somehow was responsible for that.
3: Well, it's not, it's not somehow. You know, we, <laughs> we went out to coffee with Christian. Yeah. And I, I think we had Sasha with us then too. We did, we did. And uh, I had three lodestones to do. I thought I was going to do them for three different houses, uh, for the housing spell, once we found the house. And Christian took us out, you know, to, uh, we walked around with him, which really means walking behind Christian, <laughs> because he's got to have, have his cloak flying, <laughs> or that, that, that jacket of his. Um, so we, we yeah. followed Christian around town a bit, um, after you know getting binets at uh, Café du Monde, yep. everybody wearing black and, and <laughs> white sugar, uh, powdered sugar all over <laughs> Even Sasha was wearing black. Uh, anyway, he took us down to the river and uh, said, you've got you to gotta make a, an offering to the river for the river to accept you to the town. And I, before we got on the plane, I left, I took all of my, I usually have a huge, I never use exact change. So I usually have a buttload of change in here with my my mojo bags and my roots, my stones, my left pocket. I had emptied all that out. I didn't have a coin uh, for anything. Um, But I had a tricked dollar that I had tricked in uh, the hoodoo fashion that I I had just taught a class. And I had shown people how to trick this dollar, and it just so happened that I actually used my actual sigil to trick the dollar. That's the only thing I had in my pocket one of these lodestones that had three drops of my blood on it. Like, well, there's a perfect offering to the river. <laughs> so that's what I would absolutely
5: say so, and it would also be something that was going to say, you know what, I'm investing in this city, and yeah. sending that message yeah. mm-hmm. is a fantastic Now, as everybody knows, you can use water in general
1: right. for a lot yeah. of different
5: Right, you can use it for floor washes, and you can mm-hmm. use it for you know bathing. Um, I wouldn't recommend using Mississippi River water specifically to wash your floors. <laughs>
1: um,
5: although you wanted to put a small amount into your floor washes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If yeah, you wanted to yeah. put a small amount into your bath, you know, along with everything else that you do, yep, yeah. you know, a vial, pool, absolutely. Um, what I use it for is scrying. You know, if I'm going to fill a cauldron, since I'm lucky, I lived two blocks from the river. Mm-hmm. I could run down I could get you know fresh river water and I could take it back I could sit in the courtyard with the moon over my shoulder and the whole thing and using that water um, which was you know spirit of place hmm. to me I felt gave me a little bit more oomph into what I was doing
3: nice and the I definitely room, take they me. got more questions here they said thank okay. you for the last one Uh, Your favorite divination style and how... um, How you you
4: enhance that power.
3: power. Okay, so...
5: My favorite divination style is scrying.
1: Mm -hmm. I
5: have a shallow cauldron, a small one. I've got a black mirror. Um, uh, To me, scrying is something that... I think everybody has something that innately comes naturally to them, and then there are other things that you can learn. Mm -hmm. To me... Scrying comes innately to me, and it's very difficult to explain to somebody how to scry. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like like you have to get to yourself where you're right in the right headspace. The things just flow. And that's not as easy. I mean, obviously, you can meditate before. You can take a ritual bath before. You can do things to allow yourself to be more open. Mm -hmm. But scrying is nothing more than allowing everything else to fall away and just focusing on what's there. Mm-hmm. Do you Do um, the way that uh, I Do you prefer to be
4: outdoors? Or I
5: do. It? I always okay. prefer to be outdoors. I would always prefer to use the moon rather than, than a candle.
4: Yeah.
5: That, that's um, I, I think it's powerful, I would always prefer to use river water
4: mm-hmm.
5: rather than just anything that I can get locally. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't get river water, storm water is great too, depending on what type of scrying you're doing. Yeah. Um, river and also. So, dark, convinced- so it
3: should work. Yeah.
5: yeah. Yeah, so uh, those are the things that I do to enhance that. So I, I had the natural ability to scry. To enhance it, I learned, you know, about things like condenser fluids that you can use to amplify what you're trying to do by using the local water, whether it fell from the sky or you ran and got it from the river, um, and doing that. Those are things that I would do to enhance my practice to get those messages more clearly than I would be able to do all by myself.
1: Mm-hmm
3: excellent answers and of
5: course you know you always you're you're casting a circle you're making sure that you're working with your deity all those things Mm -hmm. i would assume because people are listening to the that a lot of them do that anyway but I, i would be remiss if i didn't say if you're doing something like scrying and you're leaving yourself open you always make sure that you're doing it in a proper circle you always make sure that you know you've got whatever guardians that you work with they're with you also
3: Good advice. Mm-hmm. All right, should we take a Yeah, break?
4: we're going to take a little musical break.
3: So smoke them if you got them, or <laughs> or pee, whatever you got to do. And, uh, things, we'll be right back.
1: From the cradle bars comes a beckoning
2: voice, the same spinning. You have no choice.
6: Dairy. For Australia bound, if we didn't all drown The marks of our feathers we carried In the rusty iron chains we cried for our wings. Our good women we left in sorrow As the mainsails and unfold, the curses we heard And the English and thoughts of tomorrow at the mouth of the Foil bid farewell to the soil As down below decks we were lying But Doherty screamed, walking out of a dream By a vision of old Robert Daly The sun burned cruel as we dished out the gruel Dan O'Connor was down with his fever Sixty rebels today, bound for Buttony Bay A many will reach their receiver. bow fought the swell, our ship danced like a moth in the firelight. White horses rode high as the devil passed by, taking souls to haddies by twilight. Five weeks out each morning, in our own slime we were lost in the time, endless night without dawn. land is a hell for a man To end out his whole life in slavery Where the climate is raw And a gun makes the law Neither wind nor rain care for bravery Twenty years have gone by I've ended my bond But comrades, go swap behind me A rebel I like him, I'm still the same the cold winds of night you will
0: fight
7: Eighteen plus. Was back home
6: oh, I wish I was back home and Gary. Oh, I wish I was back home in Oh, I wish
3: I was back home in Gary. Christy Moore. Radio. Oh, I forgot to bring the house music down and we're still on with Christine Stevens. Who yes. used to be in New Orleans. All right. Now, um, I'm not sure if Marta was out of the room. Did we what? talk about your class? I thought we talked about your class. I
4: didn't think we, well, I didn't ask. Well, Marta really missed
3: well. it. So can you tell us about your class? <laughs>
5: Yeah, actually, I was going to talk about why I chose that class rather than what I typically do. So, yeah, we started talking about, you know, Fest of yore. Mm-hmm. And um, I typically do, you know, working with, with your shadow, understanding the dark god and the dark goddess archetypes. I just felt the 2020 was already so dark and so heavy mm-hmm. and that we're wrestling with our own shadows. And not only that, coming to terms with the shadows that were coming out of the woodwork from the people that we knew and loved, that maybe that wasn't the right class for this year. Mm. Mm. So I kind of hit the pause button on that one mm. and said, you know what? For the people that I that I work with and the people that, you know, in my coven, I'm always there for those type of conversations. But something as I was trying to juggle working full time and taking on more responsibility at work, you know, the, the, the high priestess role with the coven and... You know trying to move my household Um, my father passed my mother had significant health concerns there was a lot going on me um understanding how to juggle all that as a high priest or high priestess is really important understanding first of all what is a high priest or high priestess if you think about the days of old people dedicated themselves whether it was temporarily or full-time to their god or goddess and that's all they did they didn't have a side job
1: they didn't have families
5: they didn't have a lot of the responsibilities that it comes with what we do today
1: mm-hmm.
5: so you know fast forward to the modern world we're not living in a temple. we don't have people providing for our needs we have you know real life responsibilities just like everybody else how do you manage to juggle those things to make sure that you're ready to take on a role as a high priest or high priestess, because that to me is step one. Figuring out, can you do this? Is one question. Figuring out, are you able to do this on all levels? Is another question. Then also understanding, how do you maximize that opportunity for teachable moments, for making yourself available without, you know, just burning your candle at both ends, because you are going to have real life responsibilities. Not everybody has the opportunity to be a full-time witch Mm -hmm. if they do you know what bless them what christian bryant do are amazing with their shops and with their craft and with everything else um not everybody has that opportunity
1: um
5: and if you don't i wanted to be able to offer some suggestions some tips and tricks on hey you know first of all how do you even know if you're ready for high priesthood what should i be thinking about what are the, the key things Obviously, your tradition is going to have magical criteria. It's going to have things that you must accomplish before they'll consider you. But there are also real life questions that you probably want to answer for yourself. Because what I can tell you as as an initiate, whether it was my first initiation, <laughs> or my next initiation that made me you know, high priesthood, there are always challenges that come with that. It turns your life upside down in the most mundane in metaphysical ways and you have to ask yourself at the point I'm in my life right now do I have the bandwidth to literally have my world rocked in ways that I couldn't ever expect if the answer is yes then you're open to that and you're willing to be flexible and change things around in your life to make this happen I think it's great but to walk in and say nothing's going to be different things are going to be different so helping people understand that also understand Everything that you do, for the most part, has both a mundane and magical aspect. Something as simple as making a pot of pasta sauce can be a wonderful, teachable moment for the magical community, especially if you're trying to do a class on herbcraft. Understanding the the correspondences for everything that's going in that pot, and are they working sympathetically with, with each other? Are they working against each other? What are you trying to call forth? I mean, there's a reason why The foods that heal people in folklore are the foods that work because the ingredients that go into them, the intention that goes into them when you're making them, that's what makes it special. And I think that being able to do things like that, take things that you already know and leverage them as lessons. Because if you spend all your time trying to create the perfect lesson and everything from scratch, if you have that time bless you i see the people that make those amazing pinterest boards in the mundane world and i and i'm like wow that's so beautiful and that's so amazing and they they make the food and they they do the crafts i don't have that kind of time um so i leverage what i do know what i have and i do some research i try to augment what i already know and bring other things in that's another thing that's really beneficial is what we do there's a certain amount of it that's going to be standard because it's part of your tradition and part of your teachings. There's a certain amount of it that is standard across many traditions, and you can leverage that also. And there are lots of sources. What I would say is, I would, and I would caution you, the Internet's full of things. Just because you find something on the Internet doesn't mean it's true. I mean, when I go, I look at, I look at my sources. I look at Pinterest boards, sure. But then if I see something and I'm like, ah, I'm not sure if that's, right I go back to my text resources that that I have trusted for years and I'm like is this you know exactly what I thought it was or I go back to my grimoires that I've written and I say hey I didn't think that was that and I look it up and I'm like either yes it is the same or no it's different and then I figure out do I want to move forward with that um there's a it's funny there's an awful lot of academic research that is involved in, I think, a lot of people's practices, definitely in mine, because you have to read, you have to study, you have to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it is even more important. So I like that whole practical aspect of what do you do in the mundane world to bring the magical to as many things as you can? What can you do to teach your coven? What can you do to teach yourself? How can you, in the small ways, be bringing craft into your everyday life. And how can you take that and bring it to your initiatives? And that's what I wanted to do with this class.
3: Well, that sounds like quite a class, clearly. You people, you need to sign up if, if you haven't signed up, but hopefully everybody's listening to us to sign up for, for WitchCon by now. I mean, come on, if you don't have 95 bucks. There's people teaching money magic in there, and you'll have the 95 bucks. You know, just take a chance. But um, like Christian was saying the other day, you're going to get the largest digital occult library that anybody could imagine for 95 bucks, man. It's, it's right around the corner here. March 5th to the 7th, bring the magic to you. Join the largest online magical conference in the world featuring over 100 witches and conjurers. Coming to you by live stream video from across the globe. Watch classes live and then watch on demand whenever you want. On March 5th to the 7th, Brian Kane, Christian Day and the Hex Education Network present WitchCon Online. WitchCon Online presenters are the preeminent masters of the magical arts. And hail from across the rainbow spectrum of occult and spiritual practices. Registration's limited to a thousand attendees and like what like a, a week ago they passed five hundred. So y'all need no, to I think it was get over on a week this. Ago. yeah, it was over a week ago. Yeah. So y'all need to get on it if you haven't gotten on it. Um it includes all live videos, classes, rituals, and performances, as well as access to the recordings of every class after the event has ended via our on demand library, So you won't miss a single magical moment. See when we came here for Hexfest, we didn't have that option so we missed everybody's workshop friends of mine had workshops but they had to have their workshops at nine o'clock in the goddamn morning after we went out you know partying until like you know four so we didn't make it Uh, but we would have made it if they'd had virtual back then Uh, attendees and fans will love our live shopping in our virtual vendorium featuring powerful ritual tools signed books and exquisite jewelry and handmade Our virtual meet and greet lets attendees and fans alike meet and chat with presenters live on Zoom. And it's a great way to know your favorite teachers. And we did that last time on, on uh, HEX Fest, and we spent a lot of time. We're on Zoom like every day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right after the State of the Fucking Home last show. Last year. Yeah. WitchCon Online is str- stream, live streamed on the HEX Education Network on Crowdcast, a web-based platform with no need to download an app. Seriously, people. 95 bucks it's right around the corner um, uh, the virtual Dorian the meet and greet I uh, mean just the, the people we met in the meet and greet yeah. you know those were happy mm-hmm. and we um, contrary to to uh, some haters out there we haven't met a um, an author on the show that's presenting at hexfest that was forced to um, present at HexFest by their publishers um, but as a WitchCon presenter, I, I signed a contract. I, I believe it's the same contract that I signed for, like, HexFest. It you know, requires me to share the show on my social media, or share the thing on my social media. Right. They don't say how many times. So we here at Witterson. We're we're going. We're trying to go above and beyond mm-hmm. the call of duty to where we have met that contractual obligation more than any other presenter at Witchcon. We even
4: had two shows in one day. We even had
3: two shows in one day. We've be- met all these cool people. It's been great. We learned that Fiona Horn had a, an all-girl punk band. We haven't played them tonight, so we're going to do that in the next musical break. We learned that Fiona Horn had an all-girl punk band when she was 18 years old. And so that's, like, I think the third band that we have permission to play on the show that isn't a copyright infringement.
1: Mm.
3: And we don't really care about the copyright infringement, but um, we got permission to play uh, The Mothers with Fiona Horn, so we have her entire 12-inch and the single. Um, We just met met very cool people and learned very cool stuff and even Mm -hmm. had a a couple people to our house. Yeah. Came over.
4: Yeah, Ellie came over.
3: Yeah.
4: Ellie came over, that's, that's
5: really good to hear. No, I'm, I'm glad that WitchCon came about because I love HexFest. Don't get me wrong. I love meeting people and, you know, just experiencing all of it. But like you said, Michael, at it, it, HexFest, it, the best thing is everybody's there. The worst thing is you have to play rock, paper, scissors to figure out which class you're going to go to because they're all so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we're gone, we're gone. Additionally, not everybody has the opportunity to fly somewhere else. Not everybody yep. has the opportunity yeah. or the wherewithal to you know, to put themselves up in a hotel and everything else that goes along with that. When mm-hmm. you think about Witchcon, I mean, first of all, it's less than a dollar per class. That, yeah. That's Crazy. what I keep saying. I mean, yep. Yeah, additionally, you don't have to pick. That was mm-hmm. always my biggest thing because as a presenter, mm-hmm. I still go to other people's workshops and I, I love doing that. The thought that I can now sit there and I don't have to pick. I have access to all of them and I can do them whenever I want, a couple a day. Um, if there's something that I remember that I want to go back to, I can do that because it's not a once and done. You mm-hmm. have access to this as an attendee and that to me is huge. So yes, if you haven't got your tickets for Witchcon from the 5th to 7th through March, definitely go out there and do that. Um, Michael, I, I don't know whether you typically place links and things in your chats mm-hmm. for how to get tickets to WitchCon, I, I, because I'm not sure everybody knows exactly where to go to get them.
3: WitchCon.com, y'all. Thank Witch, you. WitchCon.com, and I, I think we we're just—I was just—I've uh, got—I was, I was recording classes today, and then we did a TikTok live for a while, and then before that was the state of, <laughs> of fucking home show, and uh, I've been. been uh, I've been talking about this all day, it's like um, there there was a name, Witchcon, and they hadn't done anything with it in a while. And Christian Day asked the woman that own Witchcon, hey, can I use that? She said, well, yeah, cool, but th- there's these other people, you know, almost a year ago, they were talking about maybe using it, possibly, maybe. <laughs> but Christian Day has just got a way of making shit happen. I remember when he, when he first came up with the idea, he, he asked me like a couple days later, and the thing was already up to like 75 presenters. By 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 the time I talked to him, he just makes stuff happen. And that is local- the
1: power of do.
3: Yeah, Absolutely, it's a, the magic of do. And they, you know, he bought the the, the, uh, domain. the domain name, yeah. um, and now he's already talking about next year even being bigger. Um, and think about it; it's like you know, Lori Cabot's not going to fly in. Silver yeah. Ravenwolf's not going to fly in you know mm-hmm. and, and if if they did he'd have to pay them a lot more <laughs> but but the, the the people paul Barrow it's like my two favorite herb magic paul books Barrow's in the world hex best name. uh well that oh it's yeah, best.
1: yeah. yeah. I'm sorry yeah. Uh,
3: okay so paul Barrow's maybe going to fly him <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting too <laughs> confused but a big 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 names
4: yeah and and i've seen some people posting like when i when i see the you know page come over onto my feed people are posting you know is it okay if I'm just starting out or new mm-hmm. and and I, I always just you know go ahead and answer that and yeah. say it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're new yeah. or if you're not new you're going to learn something you're mm-hmm. always going to have this you know arsenal of um magical workshops yeah. to last you forever and somebody else was asking like when do the sign ups open I want to make sure you know I can sign up for the workshops I really want to take and I'm like if you have a ticket, you're good. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. You get off of
3: have your At ticket. It, I
4: love the fact that you
5: brought up the, is it okay if I attend if I'm just new? Because to me, that's so important.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: It doesn't matter if you're a non-magical person and you're just interested in the yeah. topics or you have a magical person in your life and you're trying to understand more about what they do or you know, their practice. There's going to be something in there that's going to help you with that. So if you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to do this from the safety of your own home where you don't have to be you know, concerned with viruses and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you have the opportunity to play it and replay it and maybe mm-hmm. take some notes. Huh? This is like, this is gold.
3: Yeah. Well, and, and, and some of those, maybe, maybe, maybe you rewatch those later when you yeah. have more experience and it makes more sense. And there's you a lot of stuff
4: it. on there that you've probably never heard of before or like absolutely. different approaches you know, to the same thing.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Um, I know based on a lot of the people who we've interviewed um, you know, I mean, I was gonna li- take their workshop regardless, like sooner or later. But people doing really interesting things that I-, I wasn't even familiar with. Absolutely. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I think everybody brings something different to their magical practice. I mean, even within our own coven, we have people that are focused on astrology, and we have other people that are fantastic at the Kabbalah, and we have other people that do conjure and work, root work in their own practice and others that, you know, are fantastic herbalists. We have a lot of different magical practices even within what we, we call Alexandrian craft. Now we all come together and we agree on what we're going to do in our practice but in our, our individual world, we all have the opportunity to learn and grow because that does nothing but bring more to the group that you're with.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, got to keep learning. Why, that's I love that's, watching a, that's all why I keep videos. teaching. Teaching is the ultimate learning experience. People are always going to ask me something that I hadn't thought about, and I'm going to mm-hmm. have to give them an answer. So i got to learn about it, until so I give them an answer. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: I, I, I personally love that. It's like I run into people on the Internet that get very mad at you if you know something that they don't know and they're a 16-year-old high priestess and stuff. But I. I love when I run into some witchcraft or some magic that I don't know. But then I, I, I have something to try and know something about. <laughs> I've like, got, got a lot of years. There. I'm, ru- I'm running out of uh, magics to learn.
5: <laughs> I think you said something so important, though, because, first of all, I don't know seems to be the hardest thing for people to say these days. Yes. it's okay to not know because this is a really big world whether you're talking about the mundane world or the magical world Mm -hmm. and there are always going to be things that you don't know and if you don't stop and ask and take advantage of that learning that's right in front of you you're going to miss it Mm -hmm. I don't know it's not a bad thing now I know when I was not willing to pay attention to it and I threw it in the garbage that's a different conversation Mm
1: -hmm.
5: but I don't know yeah. is
1: it,
3: if That's you can't humble yourself can say sometimes
5: <laughs> right
3: yeah, okay, but, we don't but,
5: say it to our spouses of course we know everything but yes you have to in the magical world say I don't know.
3: For, for me though as a teacher, uh, it's I don't yet know because like, for, for, for me magic wise like if I don't know about it and somebody brings it up, it's like oh, I'm gonna go try and learn about that thing. So maybe I'll have something to say about that later. But yeah, yeah you got to... Uh, people, people ask me that always, you know, about death and the afterlife, and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What, what I know is that, that people say a lot of things that sounds really pretty and makes us feel better, but I don't know if any of that's true. I don't know if I'm going to see my ancestors in the afterlife or, you know, meet all the dogs and cats that went before me or any of that. Um, I hope so. That'd be great. But... Uh, I don't know. Nobody's come back and really told us what happened.
5: Yeah, no, that's kind of like the biggest secret in the whole world, right? Um, it, it, we all have our beliefs. And we, we get glimpses. You know, whether it is ancestors or family members or other practitioners that have gone before. If you're lucky, you get a glimpse. But nobody really knows. We know what we signed up for. And then you know it's like okay well like, you know by the time somebody actually does know it, it's like you know the, the biggest secret they can't tell you. So. I don't know anybody who has ever talked to somebody who's gone beyond,
3: mm-hmm.
5: and they said, "Oh yeah, here's what happens when you died. Here's you know we don't yeah. get the handbook for the deceased." Yes, yeah. <laughs> I,
3: mean, I know mediums, and that's the thing that never seems to come up. Yeah, ghosts come and talk to you about all kinds of stuff, but they don't really tell you, you know, what happens. <laughs> yeah.
5: Right. I, I'm blessed to have a couple of really wonderful mediums in my life, people that I know, and they will tell you, you know, things about messages you're getting. You, they will tell you things about, you know, maybe who you were, and things that they're getting from, you know, tidbits from people who are on the other side. But what they don't say is. Hey, be careful of this because here's how you're gonna die. Here's when you're gonna die, and this is how this works.
3: I had to mute our mic. The dogs were getting ready to. Go off. Oh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's passed. We've got we've got an extra dog here. We got Kirk's dog visit. Are you guys so. right there now? Yeah, we've got we got Pickles staying with us uh, for. Well,
5: you have Mister Pickles at your house. Yeah. Yes. what we, we're watching uh-huh. him.
3: Mr. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Pickles and Mojo have hey, been playing Mojo,
5: like crazy.
4: How are Mojo
3: getting along? Are they good? Yeah, they, they originally, Mojo was kind of territorial at first, and I remember, you know, I, I could see Kirk having a uh, second thoughts. I think thoughts. she's asking how <laughs> no. Mojo's hmm. feeling. Oh, Mojo, oh, Mojo's, oh yeah. he's, he's great. He's like, he's got yeah. so much spirit and so much energy and usually wears Azzy out. And, uh, the last couple of days have been like a vacation for Azzy. Yeah, Look Pickles is Pickles. like
4: Mojo's annoying little brother now, so he's, he's, <laughs> Pickles don't have an off apartment. switch, huh, <laughs> Mr.
3: Pickles? <laughs> so there's a little bit of extra noise. It seemed to be like almost every time we went on the air, like right when we were interviewing or introducing the guests, the dogs huh. would mark at the door. Yeah, like clockwork. Yeah, somebody walks by at like five fifteen every day or so.
5: <laughs> <laughs> like children who act up for company, you know it's going to happen, so you just let it happen. In this yeah. day and age where we're all working from home and we never leave and Our pets are just used to us hanging out. They're going to, you know, you're going to hear pet noises. I'm like, as
4: long as I don't hear people snoring or hear toilets flushing, I don't think I care. (laughs) Yeah, we've seen a lot of things in, like, you know, people's background where they have, you know, a bunch of, uh, like, papers in a pile and (laughs) unopened mail and stuff. There was
3: a woman that got interviewed by the BBC with a big dildo on the bookshelf. (laughs) You know, uh,
5: First of all, the thing's going to collect dust. It's just it's a bad idea. But I know. Yeah. I, 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 I was thinking
3: that too. Man. Hopefully you're going to wash that. <laughs> so are you able to um, incorporate uh, Sicilian magic and Irish magic into your practice?
5: Um, I have some you know, folk magic that I still kind of keep around because it's very sen- sentimental to me. Mm-hmm. And also because I believe the Moloch the, the, or as the, 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 they say in America, the Moloch, it works. Yeah. It absolutely, work. You're wondering whether you know something's on you. It's going to tell you pretty quickly. You know, and yes, every there's somebody. Italian and the funny thing is, exactly. Probably and they also know Latino how to defend. Probably
3: every woman, really.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> yes, I, I would say that that's one of those things. Whether it's you know Italian or Greek or Hispanic, there's always going to be the thing that says we understand what the evil eye is, and here's what we do against it.
3: Yeah. Well, if we look at the, like the, the popular charm against the evil eye, the, the blue eye glass things, that mm-hmm. tend to be like Middle yeah. Eastern, yeah. those regions. Where or that you see the,
5: uh, the hand in it, it has the eye right in the center of it, yes.
3: Mm-hmm. So there's
5: a lot of different ones just like that. Um, and I have both of those hanging in my house, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or I shortly will. It'll be because everything in my whole world is packed up in boxes right now. Um, huh? so yeah in a couple, couple of days I will have all my yeah. and well, I, I think you know uh, the
4: feeling
3: I forget how many years ago it was Ronnie James Dio who apparently gets credit for the the, the figure hands in rock and know. roll um, he talks about he got that from his grandmother who was always mm-hmm. doing that to people in the market <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah and how do you how much do you love that, that that little boy went that is the coolest thing I've ever seen yeah <laughs> go, go Nana get him
3: right uh, make that the symbol of rock and roll
4: and now it's universal and associated with rock and roll Mm
3: -hmm.
4: so are you still in the uh, same time zone as we are?
5: I think she's an hour behind so a lot of things have changed for me Um, first of all I'm an hour ahead of you now Okay. and number two I'm now going to have four seasons this is going to be really interesting so the things that I grew that I used for magical medicinal or culinary purposes in New Orleans are not things I'm going to have access to here unless yeah. I create, you know, a special room in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do what I can, but I'm also going to have a very visual representation of the turning of the year where I re- really don't have that in New Orleans. It's funny because mm-hmm. we'd have the witches from Slender Wales or whoever come in, and they're like, how do you do this? Because you don't mm-hmm. see the crocus poking up through the snow, and you don't have the, you know, the leaves turning. And yeah. We're like, no. It's much like the magic in New Orleans. It's more subtle, and yet it can be more powerful. Mm -hmm. We had, you know, when the frost comes in or when the freeze comes in. Mm
1: -hmm.
5: We have when certain foods are available. And we kind of... So we still look at the fauna and the flora. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
5: just it's a lot more subtle than what you will get in a place like this where I have snow outside still. Um, Very shortly, I'm going to see... The spring flowers pop up i'm going to feel the warmth and the growth i've got deer in my backyard um who are kind of you know doing their deer things but i also have hunters that are trying to do their things to the deer mm-hmm. so yeah i've got the whole circle of life going on where i really didn't have that where i was in my courtyard in uh, new orleans
3: mm-hmm. i should uh i gotta show you the picture she sent me a picture of her place really
4: nice who? oh christine yeah, yeah, yeah oh cool yeah
3: a lot of room <coughs> in the you had to go. Yeah, was, if you had to leave New Orleans, at least you've got a really nice path. Yeah.
5: <laughs> if I had to leave New Orleans, the place that I'm in is it's beautiful. It really is, and I'm I'm going to do a lot with it. So yes, if y'all want to come up and visit, I have more than enough room. <laughs> Feel free. I'm about you know, forty five minutes from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's lots of things to do, so yeah.
4: Yeah, we saw you were there yesterday. Checking in, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, well, for and us you us in know California,
3: what pretty drastic season yeah Mental I mean Cal- California
4: here. you have you know it, it's raining summer or it's not raining, you know and and that's it and it's pretty warm you're I mean even even when they're cold it's, it's not anybody else's understanding of cold
3: yeah. um, I think fall so, is when the Santa Ana's blow hard enough for the palm tree leaves to come off yeah and that's dangerous they come at a 45 degree angle and they're all spiky away about 40 pounds Yes, Yeah, so exactly. Summer, not summer, and, and fall, you Ish. never know when fall's going to happen.
4: Yeah. Oops. I think but, that's important,
5: it's... too, though, back to the, the practical side of things, is use what you have around you, yeah. whether it's the climate, whether it's the plants that will grow or not grow, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to go get some exotic thing from some place that, it, you know,
4: just because you read it in a book.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, we're still Find working out, with the out what grows
4: yeah our our root what? plant really likes it here it's doing mm-hmm. really well but we've had a couple um you know incidents where things yeah. just don't want to grow or if i couldn't get grow eaten.
3: rue we'd have to move <laughs> not
4: okay. exactly how are you going to do your protection magic without roo? exactly yeah.
3: exactly and so I'm yes no i found where mugwort grows yeah yet.
4: christine um, if anybody knows christine might know mm-hmm. Would you have any idea, does mugwort, uh, mugwort grow in New Orleans? Have you seen any? Yes. Wart, yarrow, and, and uh, wormwood will all grow in New Orleans. The trick
5: is, right before it gets super hot, you have to bring it inside. So grow it in a pot. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. once any places you've it, seen it'll, it grow it'll kill wild? it. <laughs> that, do what?
3: Any places you've seen it grow in a while?
5: No, but just can ask Ellie and see if you can maybe get some cutting.
3: Who?
4: Miss Who'd Ellie. You? Wait, I missed Ellie. I Ellie. I said Ellie. Yeah, well, I know, I know I've seen oh, pictures. Ask Ellie has well, a, wait, a lot of different herbs yeah, things. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think I said what we do, because like, yeah. the places that are used Maybe. to seeing it, I usually see it near rivers Yeah. Uh, on the on the banks or near the banks, It mm-hmm. usually, you know, it comes around February. Yeah, no,
4: I've watched.
5: I've walked two miles up and down the Mississippi. The problem with Mississippi is it's not conducive to a whole lot growing down there. I mean, you can get some stuff, um, but I haven't seen mugwort or yarrow growing.
7: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
3: Mm. We can't actually get to the water around here. There's like old uh, dilapidated decaying docks and they're fenced off. Um, here, here's get what I'm going to tell
1: you. So,
5: yeah, take the ferry over. Yeah. When you take the ferry, you can literally see where you can walk straight down to the water.
3: Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you were talking about like Algiers has like a beach. Yes, it's not
5: really a beach. I wouldn't go standing or there either. But people, you know, will yeah. go down and they will take their dogs down there, or you, you mm-hmm. know, you can go walk around and get some plants, and things. When I need Mississippi River water, mm-hmm. I will go down there. Um, I, I think that no matter where you live, it's important to invoke to incorporate spirit of place.
4: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Use what you've got. Use
5: what's native because it's going to have a, a bigger bang for your buck than you know buying something that you need that grows
3: six times those away. Yeah. And it's, you know, dried and, you know, who who knows how old it is, you know, depending on who you get it from. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, herbs lose their potency. The life force. Yeah. Really, you know, you want fresh, you want the life still in the plant. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the druids said uh, uh, the fruit closest to the vine is the sweetest, which Mm -hmm. means, like, Eat the thing right there, like take it, take it from the vine and eat it right next to the plant. And uh, but, but the idea was that it had the uh, uh, the DNA, uh, the vitamins for where you live. Like where mm-hmm. You need to eat the stuff locally because yeah. it has yeah. the stuff needed for you to survive mm-hmm. there, rather than like buying apples from halfway across the country and shit. Right.
4: You know
5: what? A- a- as magical people, I think that's really important because. One of the things that we as Americans don't do as much is eat local mm-hmm.
4: yeah. or, or use local
5: because mm-hmm. that's, that's important. Sure, I can get mangoes, you know, in February, but it, it doesn't make sense because, like you said, Michael, it's been on a truck forever. What does it actually have left in it when it finally gets to you? It's no mm-hmm. different with magical uh, elements that you're using, where, you know, living things like herbs. By the, if you can grow it, and you can grow it in local soil, it, it's going to be powerful. If you bought it and it's been sitting in a bag for three months on a shelf, and then it travels to you for another week, and it's been in many people's hands, and it's cellophane, what, yeah. what do you think it's like when it finally
3: you? Absolutely. Yeah. I just noticed over here in the chat room, somebody's asking about shadow work and everything that she's reading about shadow work is boring. Um, How does Christine recommend working with the shadow?
5: Oh, there's a question. I like that question. (laughs) So, when I I teach my classes, whether it's the dark god or dark goddess archetypes, one of the things that I focus on is what the shadow truly is. Whether you study Carl Jung and you take a more magical aspect, look at this. What the shadow is, is... That part of yourself that you really don't want to talk about at family gatherings, you know, everybody wants to talk about the things that they do good and they're really proud of. They don't necessarily want to talk about the things that they've done or the way that they think that maybe they think they can't bring up in polite company. Um, Mm -hmm. Until you incorporate all aspects of yourself into yourself, you're not going to be as magical. You're not going to be as focused, as powerful as you could possibly be here's how i explained it to my teenage daughter as she was growing up i said so as you get to be an adult you have this box under your bed and this box contains everything about your life and everybody wants to open that box and they want to show them all the shiny amazing things and the trophies but there's also all that other stuff that's in that box you're able to look at those things the good things and say yes yeah, that, that's me and I did those things and you're also able to take out every other thing in the box and you say yes that's also me and I did or said or thought those things you don't understand what you're truly capable of and if you're not willing to understand that shadow nature of yourself the universe the gods They're going to be bringing things to you, and it's going to be a a subtle knock. It's going to be like, hey, you might want to pay attention to this. And you can ignore it. As you get older, it's going to be a more insistent knock. And if you still ignore it, um, that lesson is going to come to you in a way that you probably are not going to be wanting Um, Just because, for whatever reason, this is very important for your personal and spiritual growth for you to understand this, this lesson. And people do spend a lot of time hiding from this aspect of themselves. Either because, you know, there's trauma associated with it and everything that went along with some of these things. There's also healing with it. Because when you take those things out of the box and you truly look at them, as hard as it was, and I've had, I mean, things that, that people have brought to me at HexFest and, and they and I were in years. Because it was humbling that they were willing to share something that personal with me and also at the same time, that they were willing to live through what was going on. Understand that things happen with a reason and things happen with a lesson and it's rare that something happens where it doesn't also give you something else. Mm. Maybe you needed that toxic person to be ripped from your life so that you could move on and you could grow. Maybe you needed to stop that toxic behavior because you were hurting yourself and people around you. doesn't mean it was pleasant. It was probably awful. I'm sure it was heartbreaking. But that's what happens when and you don't work on shadow on your own. It just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds builds until finally you can't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's that's when some really painful lessons come in. Um, Maybe you needed to leave that job because you had a much better opportunity waiting on the other side. Maybe you didn't know that you were capable of being such a wonderful person or such a magical person until the people that told you you shouldn't, you couldn't, don't. We're no longer people you talk to every day. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean they're not still part of your family or your, your circle of acquaintances. It's just what do you let in? What do you let affect you as you're starting to move and grow as magical practitioner?
3: Well, in the chat room, I hope you liked that answer. Sounds good.
5: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a lot. It's something I'm very passionate about, so, yeah. so you know...
3: Oh, I'm sure she so didn't want a short answer. Right. Yeah. I mean, how do you do what? a short answer on shadow work
1: anyway?
5: Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was the... If I could make it, and you know what? I, I do work with some of the product archetype. I can tell you that my personal work a lot has been with um, the Mordogook, which makes sense. Because I'm a, a person to be a mouse, and I learned how to be the mouse that rules. I didn't get any bigger. I just got, you know, louder, more focused. And, and not just focused on me, focused on people who really needed my help. And all of a sudden I understood that although I've been working with the motor group for so long, maybe I
1: needed
5: to put pick up the pen because teaching is, number one, an act of defiance in its own right. Because what we're doing...
1: Is counter
3: to what social norm? <laughs> Sorry, we just had a stampede of dogs running through the house.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I understand.
4: Other keeps a safe distance, but, but he, he does back them up.
3: I think they're all barking at a squirrel together. It's a bonding
4: experience.
3: <laughs> or, or hey, a cat, whatever. I don't know. <coughs> Got any other questions, honey?
4: I'm no good.
3: I have learned some things, mm-hmm. and our our chat room has learned some things. They're all saying thank you, thank you. And Christine Silva is also saying, I, I agree. Yes. So everybody agrees. Not getting any hate over there. <laughs>
5: you know what? Hate is not necessarily hate, although you know occasionally it truly is. Um, mm-hmm. To me, hate is I don't agree with what you're saying. Oh. I have a very different perspective, and it doesn't line up with what you're saying. And as long as we can have a discourse and it doesn't have to be angry, I'm okay with it. Hey, I love a good debate. Bring it. Because yeah. the other thing it does is, as a, as a human being, it also forces me to rethink and to defend the position that I'm taking. Yeah. Is this something that I truly believe? Is this something that I just read that I'm parroting? Is this something that I've practiced and I've integrated into my personal work? You know, what is my perspective on this, and how firmly am I willing to stand on this ground? Additionally, like you said, Mike, you constantly learn from other people, and every once in a while, along with all the Internet crazy stuff that you hear, there's some true nuggets of gold. They really are, and they lead you to research and to read and to study more, and that's never a bad thing. Even if you decide at the end of the day, I learned something, even though I don't agree with it, the next time I have a conversation with somebody, I at least have a place where I, maybe I can meet them in the middle.
4: Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Well, you've got, uh, you got a thing to plug. You've got a website, sideline you're doing, or...
5: The funny thing is, I'm a corporate witch, so I work for Big Corporate America. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, you are saying at that.
5: This point, yeah. At this point in time... I don't have a website i'm not writing a book although i would love to and christian and i have talked about it i don't have the bandwidth right now um and i don't have a website because you you know the google Mm -hmm. what i would say is you know people know how to reach out to me i usually leave my email um which i guess you know what i'm not going to change it my email right now and people can reach out to me. You can feel free to share it in the chat if you want, Michael. It's the same one that's on my Skype handle. Um, people can reach out if they want, if they have questions. I usually give it at the end of my um, classes and presentations anyway. Mm-hmm. That way if they will send me a message. They're more than welcome to, and I'll answer what I can. What I can tell you is I don't do spells for folks. I don't do readings for folks. There are many, many qualified pr- practitioners that do that. Mm -hmm. Um, at this point in time I just don't have the bandwidth Mm
1: -hmm.
3: makes sense well Christine thanks for coming on I'm going to see you at at Witchcon and you all are going to see her at Witchcon too right? especially you in the chat room chatting her up like
4: that and one of these days we'll have you over for brunch or coffee or lunch or dinner or something something. yeah (laughs) Definitely.
5: Okay. Until I get there, go to Elizabeth in the Bywater for breakfast. Yeah, we yes. love
4: it. We love it. Right around You've been the corner. There? Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
3: we have we haven't been there, you know, since COVID. But but nowadays they seem to only be busy on Saturdays and Sundays, and they have a lot of outdoor seating, which we need because of the dogs. Yeah, so they used to not have outdoor there.
4: seating, so yeah. it's actually right. better for us now. We're talking
3: about going there on a Monday. Yeah. there always seems to be plenty of seating available but yeah we really miss that place yeah it's
4: great
5: wonderful place yeah so yes when i come back in april we will catch up for coffee or a cocktail or something and it we can elizabeth's yeah We literally go to
4: Elizabeth's.
3: Yeah. you we'll to elizabeth's. Can, can walk there in three minutes yep yep right
4: here
3: <laughs> and it was bywater bakery we just had the uh the go cups yes. breakfast oh those mm-hmm. are
4: epic.
5: That is the huh. biggest challenge I'm having up here. I'm living in a place with no go cups, and I constantly want to take a drink
4: outside, and that, uh, it's just not
3: uh, working. Uh, well, it took us
4: a while to go get used alcohol. to that. Yeah. I agree.
3: Well, their go cups are uh, scrambled eggs, cheese, grits. bacon on top of grits yep. in a cup. Oh, Epic. Yeah, breakfast in a cup. Yep.
5: Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
3: All right. Well, hopefully we'll marry meet again, yes, we'll be here absolutely. for Hex Fest, or one of those things that. Great having you on the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I learned conversation.
5: All
3: right. Well, thanks for coming on. and we'll have you on again, I'm sure.
4: Thank but you. Bless be. Bless be.
5: Thank you. Blessing to
4: you. you. And most, Oh, as he thinks like, he's going on another walk. Um,
3: what's what's the line in about dog? Well, uh, he
4: heard you wrapping it up, so he thinks... <laughs> <says, laughs> no, no,
3: no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that what happens. I'm
4: saying. He thinks it's time we for really we do a
3: walk. We do a daily show called the Stay the Fuck at Home Show. Yeah. It like, say something to the effect of, all right, y'all, something like stay, that, yeah. stay safe, stay at home. And, and that's the dog's trigger. He knows that walk time is coming right, so right he, after that.
4: Now he thinks <laughs> it's just going to happen yeah. all the time. We yeah, I, I always take you for witter-
3: walks in the middle of the fucking night. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, one more time man. you gotta get over to witchcon.com um, we've only been able to interview just a handful a smidgen a sliver yeah there's the so many of them and we got one more that we know of uh, coming on tomorrow you gotta, be, you gotta check out this epic list for 95 bucks if you don't have the 95 bucks um, use your credit card you'll get the 95 bucks after you learn all the money magic that so many people are teaching over there um, got to check it out but one of the things that we learned uh while uh preparing these uh this marathon of broadcast is that fiona horn who we after we we well actually before we even interviewed her and a- having read her bio we dubbed her
2: no purchase
7: necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the most interesting
3: witch in the world and um uh, uh of course her all girl punk band when she was 18 years old just gotta go on that list and they gave us permission to play all this stuff so we're going to uh I, I think we're going to close out the show with a bunch mm-hmm. of the mothers uh with Fiona Horn the mothers check it